it's a very female-centric industry, the, the beauty industry. And we sort of had these conversations about there's not really an opportunity that men are given to learn about it. Like it's particularly in Australia, there's a lot of this sort of stigma and culture around like, oh, well, that's really like, that's too feminine. Like men shouldn't do that, that sort of thing. So yeah, but I I really noticed an increase in the amount of people coming in asking, do you have men's skincare? Like, do you have men's skincare brands? It is quite interesting how much of an impact um, nutrition and exercise as well has on the visible, like your visible body. When I have a big weekend and I drink a lot, Mm -hmm. I swear there's like, there's a little lag, maybe like three or four days, Mm -hmm. but I'll have a breakout Mm -hmm. following that. Yeah, same. I'm the same. There's acne face maps, right? Where you can somewhat to an extent um, be able to determine why certain pimples are popping up um, in different areas of your face. Welcome back to the Post-School Podcast, the life guide you didn't even know you needed. This is your chance to learn about all the wacky, wonderful, inspiring and downright insane stuff that normal people like you and I have done after high school. The Post-School Podcast aims to leave you feeling motivated to chase your dreams by dispelling the myth that life is mediocre. Through the stories of incredible people who are doing incredible things with their lives, you and I will learn just how not boring life really is in the big wide world. Are you ready? Let's go. Tim and Tan, TNT, thanks for joining me on the Post School Podcast. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us, mate. I'm super stoked. We're going to get into everything that you guys do. Mm -hmm. Um, I reckon we just jump the whole context and start with a bit about your journey. So if you take us back to when you guys met in university and we'll go from there um, and then, yeah, the audience will sort of get the context as we go along. Yeah, so we met in university, as we mentioned before. Um, this was back, geez, what year would that have been? 2015. 2015. Um, I was at university QT in Brisbane um, studying business management and applied economics, and Tam was doing a visual arts and business degree. So um, it was towards the back end of our degrees that we actually met in class. Um, the story of how that occurred is probably one for one for another time. But, no. Um, long, long story short, I was late to a, a class, and the only <laughs> seat the only seat that was available was next to this one. So he was stuck next to me. Damn. Um, yeah. <laughs> Spewing. Didn't plan that. Um, but yeah, so look, out of university, um, obviously we became a couple and had that mutual interest in the business side of things. Um, I don't think that really took off though until. We left university and um, essentially we both had two goals in mind and that was to get our university degree under our belt, work for a bit, save up and then travel the world. So um, yeah, we did that about a year and a half, two years out of university. We um, notched up about a nine and a a half month trip and did about 24 countries, I think it was. Yeah, Um, a lot of (laughs) travelling. Yeah, so we got that out of our system, literally just... um, left the workforce, didn't work while we were over there and just enjoyed ourselves for that nine and a half months. And um, it was an experience that obviously, yeah, once, once, once in a lifetime experience. Yeah, that's epic. Mm-hmm. How, how did, what did you guys do leaving uni between the end of uni and that trip? We were both lucky to be working full time. Um, I was continuing on my university job and Tim had a placement role through a uni subject that took him on full time. So we're really lucky to have that. So we saved up. 
I think it was like really obvious to both of our employers that we did really want to travel. So it was not really awkward to say like, okay, look, like this is what we're going to do. So um, I think we always had sort of told people, yeah, you know, like we really want to do this. So yeah, we were, um, yeah, it was probably about a year and a half or so, wasn't it? Maybe. After university. Yeah. 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 And we took off. So we saved like crazy, (laughs) as you can imagine, to travel that long. Um, for that period of time. So we were like, yeah, I guess we were just like big hermits and didn't really do much and worked full time, saved. And then, yeah, we had enough to go and we, we essentially were like, well, let's just see how long this lasts us. <laughs> I love that though, yeah. because I feel like leaving school, it's always, let's have a gap year to travel before we go into university. Yeah. Mm. And then the argument is because once you get into university, it's and if you don't get a grad job the year after university, your chance to get a grad job after that like goes down significantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's always the argument. But yeah. in this case, like you guys still did the university side of things, got through it, went traveling and it worked out, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. I think like uh, for both of us, we sort of knew that the corporate route wasn't for us. So I, I can understand the whole like grad role sort of thing because they do normally want you like the year out of university. Mm. Um, but I think like we, we were just so lucky that we had that mutual interest of wanting to travel and, um, that was never really a consideration for us. Did you go into uni with a corporate job in mind at the end of it? Not me personally. Um, and not myself. (laughs) What was the plan then? Oh, I mean. Why the piece of paper? Well, I guess it's kind of like one of those things. I don't know if it's still like this and. Not that we were in uni like forever ago, but when we finished school or when I did anyway, I definitely felt like you had to go to uni, like it's just what you did. Um, And I was really fortunate because I was actually the first person in my family to go to university. So I was really excited to do that. Um, I was always really arty going through high school. So I said to mum, like, I want to do an arts degree and mum's a very logical thinker and... She's a very smart woman and she sort of said, you know, like you should really look at doing a business degree as well. Like regardless of what you go into, business is going to come in handy, which I think is really good advice. So, yeah, I ended up doing a double degree with art and business. So not really something that you'd come across a lot where you've got, you know, this sort of really creative and then this really structured sort of industry. But, um, yeah, so I kind of just did that because... I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, I've always had dreams of having my own business and having the ability to be creative in that space. But, um, yeah, I I didn't really know what I wanted to do, to be honest. Yeah, Mm. I had no idea. And same for you, really. Yeah, I was was a bit the same. I think Mm. you could probably look at um, the the degrees that I did eventually get under my belt and say, wow, they're very broad. Um, So I was definitely in that pile, so to speak. I... Always knew that I wanted to um, have my own business in some way, shape or form as well. And whether that was because my dad's always running his own business um, up in North Queensland and, and surrounding areas and kind of seeing him and the success that he's had for as many years as he as he has. Um, but I think I slowly started to figure out my real intention with that side of things through my placement that I got out of university. And that was from like an entrepreneurial subject, so to speak. If I had the option to get an entrepreneur degree, um, 
I think that would have jumped out at me immediately. Um, business management, you could probably look at that in a rounded shape that it, it relates in some way, shape or form. But um, look, that placement was fantastic. And the experience that I got from that was essentially, I was the first employee with this guy who was based in Brisbane. Um, and it was more so along the lines of like technology adoption and um, a Microsoft affiliate a comp- company, so to speak. Um, Fast forward to last year and that company's now been acquired. So I was there from day one. He said, yep, go see the world. Um, and I guess I just really got to see the coal face of what it was like to run your own business. And it's not always pretty. Um, it's, yeah, has, has more stress than at times what can feel like more, more pleasures that come from it. Um, but I think it was really, really great to see that. And from that immediately, I knew that this is something I wanted to get my feet into one day. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm very similar. Like I, but I went to university with, so I'm doing business and creative intelligence, which is just like a side degree, kind of like management consulting. Yeah, cool. um, but I went in with the idea that I wanted to do investment banking at the end of it. So very corporate. Yeah. Um, and this year, actually, so this is my uh, third year, so my last year of business. Mm-hmm. I, at the start of the year, I got a job offer at a startup which wasn't like on my radar whatsoever. And I started Uncle Nathan just as a passion project, not as a business per se. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, that wasn't necessarily like startup vibes to me. But from working at this startup as their first hire, like pretty much from the ground level mm-hmm. and seeing it grow, it's a lot more exciting and fulfilling than a corporate job to me anyway. And I, it's addictive in a way. Um, so I fully, I understand that for sure. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And look, I have seen the corporate side personally myself, corporate to an extent. Um, there's obviously more corporate roles. Not, but Not quite investment banking. Not investment banking <laughs> level Do you have corporate. to wear a suit every day? Um, you did. I had to. Did. I had to dapper up a little bit. It's yeah. So, um, <laughs> in the marketing space, um, but my family's always been in the automotive industry, so I was on that side of things. Um, and yeah, look, I, I know the feeling. I think being with a startup allows you to feel like your fingerprints are leaving more of a mark as opposed to in the corporate world. Um, so yeah, I completely understand that feeling. Sure. And yeah, and you mentioned earlier that you did a business degree with the idea that you'd rather do like something entrepreneurial. Mm. I actually, I find this has come up quite a few times in a few of the episodes that I've done. It's like leaving school, you, you're under the impression that a business degree is for someone who wants to be an entrepreneur. What would your advice be to someone who's leaving school wanting to do something entrepreneurial now? Would you still say go into a business degree or do you think there's another path? I, I think the avenues now to get straight into business are more accessible than they have ever been um, whether that's e-commerce similar to a space that we're in currently um, or yeah I guess e-commerce would be would be the most common way to do it and you know you hear these stories about kids making millions millions of dollars drop shipping fidget spinners let's say um, maybe a few years ago but um, you get the drift um, yeah so I think it's it's very accessible now I'm not going to sit here and say that I didn't get anything from my university degree because I'd be lying. Mm-hmm. Um, I think outside of the theoretical knowledge that you'll gain from it, um, you know, some some people learn a bit later in life how to be attentive, how to be, um, you know, following guidelines, how to, I guess, execute on projects. And the other aspect I'd really harp on about would be how to um, 
relate and and talk and associate with other people as well, which I think is a very important skill that when observing university degrees or or even in the workforce, you know, um, sometimes it can go a bit overlooked. Um, But look, it's not to say that kids can't come straight out of school and get get into um, starting a business straight away. Um, It's just sometimes it takes people a bit longer, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have to agree. I think that I I have actually said to Tim, we've learned so much more about business in the last year, two years, developing this brand than we did in our entire degree. But I think that's in terms of like practical knowledge, like, okay, how do we pivot? Like, how do we um, overcome problems, problem solve, all that sort of thing. But I think, yeah, Tim's so right. Like, I am not really very self-disciplined. Like, and so going through university and having those sort of timelines and structures, like, it was really good for me personally. I think you're also, you know, you're forced to be around people that you don't know. So you have to kind of come out of your shell a little bit. You also have to, well, this is kind of the funny story is like Tim and I actually met because we were forced into a group project together. So, um, you know, you have to work with people that you don't know and it's frustrating at times and sometimes you get along really well as, you know, we're sort of evidence of that. But, I mean, it's there's so many other elements that a uni degree will give you that you might not get in the working world. But, yeah, I, I can understand people who say... Um, you know, you do get a lot more experience just working for a startup or, or going straight into the workforce. So, yeah, I, I kind of, I'm a bit impartial with that. I, I, yeah, I can agree to both sides. It's a good point yeah. though. Like you, you do need both mm. because you brought up the points of like time management. Like that's a massive skill. And mm. whilst you do get that in the workforce, university especially, you learn that you have to get tasks done even if you don't want to do the task Mm -hmm. on time and that's what's going to happen in the workforce whether you're running your own business or working for somebody else. And I feel like as much as you do learn a lot more practical skills by doing, it's also like working with a a team member that you don't necessarily get along with and Mm -hmm. stuff like that that you learn from uni without the consequences. Yeah. You can sort of make mistakes without having to deal with those big consequences that could happen in the workplace afterwards. Yeah, definitely, definitely 100%. Mm. Um, I feel like we should probably jump into the brand now, right? Yeah. Let's sort of <laughs> talk a bit about the journey from after you guys went traveling. Mm. Um, where did the, I guess, inspiration spark? Yeah, so um, the job that I had in university and as we sort of talked about those few years in between uni and traveling, Um, was for one of Australia's biggest beauty retailers. Um, I've always been a massive fan of beauty, like whether it's makeup, skincare, that sort of thing. I started off loving beauty from... um, I did competitive cheerleading, like, all through my teenage years. That's so, what my sister that you just met, yeah, she's, no like, way. a massive cheerleader. Is she? Yeah, she loves it. I think yeah. they're, like, level six. Yeah, like wow, that. that's amazing, loves yeah. It. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Sounds high. Yeah, Tim's like, wow, no idea. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I did that for, for, like, I'd probably say, like, ten years. And, you know, when you're a young teenage girl, obviously you, I mean, you guys probably can't relate but um (laughs) unfortunately (laughs) not (laughs) um for me anyway um having makeup to play with was so fun like I had the best time putting on my makeup before our cheerleading comps and that sort of thing so going into the beauty space um as a job it was my part-time job while I was at uni was 
Um, it was so exciting for me and, and I really loved that, that position. Um, so yeah, when we came back from traveling, I had the opportunity to go back in and, um, pick up a management role again. Excuse me. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I was getting the opportunity to, um, build my management skills. That was the, what I majored with my business degree. So, um, yeah, we, we, we were both working again full time after the traveling, which was, um, oh, it was pretty rough, not going to lie. <laughs> you <laughs> come back down to earth, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. You got to it some It's a serious yeah. thing, post-travel depression. Oh, yeah. It Every time I go away, even for a little trip, and then have oh, to yeah. go back to work. So, oh. It takes you a solid few days to get back in the, the have, like the routine and everything. After nine months away, I can imagine it was yeah. a few weeks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it felt like one day we were in Iceland, the next we are in an office, you know, yeah. you know like um, back in the island. But, hey, that's life. <laughs> that is. is, yeah. And, you know, like you obviously will have all the memories and you can sort of reminisce and whatnot but um yeah so um I I worked for um in the beauty space for years and years and years until really recently and and through that period uh, I mean over the whole time I mean I was probably on Tim's back a lot about like have you moisturized or have you put your sunscreen on (laughs) whatever it was and um and yeah the the kind of the penny just dropped that there are so many brands out there that I mean, it's a very female-centric industry, the the beauty industry. And we sort of had these conversations about there's not really an opportunity that men are given to learn about it. Like it's particularly in Australia, there's a lot of this sort of stigma and culture around like, oh, well, that's really like that's too feminine, like men shouldn't do that, that sort of thing. So, um yeah, but I, I really noticed an increase in the amount of people coming in asking, do you have men's skincare? Like, do you have men's skincare brands? Were and, they women or men asking? Uh, both, mm. yeah. A lot of men themselves, um, a lot of partners of men or, or mums or aunties, whatever, sisters, um, for gifting and that sort of thing. Um, and, yeah, it was kind of something that I guess just sat really subconsciously in my mind for, like, a fair few years, and and we really only um, really jumped into it because of COVID. We mm-hmm. were both sort of – we had time off work, obviously, as most people sort of did. Either you were on standby or you had time off or – you know, reduced hours, whatever it was. And, um, yeah, we just thought, let's just do this. It was it was kind of like a, we were in the, I guess, because of that situation, um, yeah, we were put in the, in that sort of space where we could have a play with it and see if it would be viable. So, mm. yeah. I mean, like, the, the, the point that we sort of really wanted to was when, I was saying to Tim, Tim had a bit of a breakout. He was like, what can you put on me like this? Like, what can you put on my pimples? And um, and I was sort of like, oh, okay. Like, he wants to know now <laughs> after, like, harassing him for years to, like, wear his sunscreen and do this, do that. I started to become a bit more inquisitive and, I guess, curious <laughs> about it all because Tam would bring home so many products and, look, I got this, I got this, I got this. And over time I was like, okay, what? makes this one different from this one or what how will this affect me as opposed to this um which ironically is how the brand name came to be Mm -hmm. um because it was essentially 
one, you know, that, that time where I chimed up and I started asking questions about it where Tam responded with, let me show you how the other half live. Yeah. So, um, you know, obviously a fun play on the um, how the industry has been for so many years and whatnot. But, um, yeah, we thought back to that when, we, when it came time to come up with the brand name and after throwing so many options at the wall and nothing was sticking, we were like, okay, let's just think back for a second. And, um, yeah, that's that's what we landed on. So There's a good story behind a brand name. Yeah. yeah. Like, I love that. Um, yeah. But I feel like acne is the catalyst for a lot of young men mm-hmm. in terms of thinking about their skin. Like, up until my face started breaking out, probably maybe I was 15, 16, yeah, 16, I had my L's and I'd just done a season at the snow and I'd come back and that was the first year that my face was really bad with pimples. And I think a lot of that was because I was wearing a balaclava every day, mm. so that sort of stuff. But I knew nothing about skincare and taking care of your skin, like absolutely nothing. And that for me was the catalyst to be like, okay, what do I have to do to try and reduce these breakouts? And then from there it became, now the breakouts have reduced, how do I keep them away? Mm. And then it was like, okay, now how do I maintain nice skin? Mm. And it took a long time to go from like bad skin to decent skin, which I think also has a lot to do with getting older and maturing Mm. um, and that sort of stuff. But I definitely think a lot of young guys think about it but are almost too scared to take action when it, or maybe you're right, they don't know what to do. It's a funny one. I think it's a combination of everything, right? Um, Mm. I know for myself personally, obviously I don't have that direct beauty industry experience that Tan does, but I can look at back to my environment growing up and, um, you know, did, was I thinking about these things? And I think I'd be lying if I said I wasn't conscious about, you know, my visual appearance and how I how I appeared to other people. Um, if I did have a breakout, yes, it would knock the confidence a little bit. And it's there's studies that show that um, you know these things all do factor into the mental well being of of young men, especially um, and just people in general. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's it's a combination of a lot of things at play. Um, we see, I guess, on the coal face ourselves that slowly it's starting to change. Um, we did know that getting into this niche within our industry in particular that it would be a bit of a slow burn and um, but you know we can essentially see it evolving in front of our eyes so mm. it's fantastic. Mm. I feel like it's a really good opportunity right now to sort of jump into I think it would be beneficial for both men and women in this case to sort of talk about like the fundamentals of skincare especially around the face mm. what what would you say that the basics are to know from from either end of the spectrum? Yeah, so um, I guess in terms of like products you should be using and that sort of thing, like the fundamentals, the reason that we started the with the products that we did is that um, with your skincare, I mean, it's essential that you're cleansing morning and night. Sometimes it's okay not to cleanse in the morning, but at the end of the day, when you've been out and about, you've got a lot of um, environmental pollution, you've got a lot of sweat, bacteria, all that sort of stuff, particularly if you're, you know, doing quite a laborious job and you're, you know, getting quite dirty and and sweaty, um, it's really important to cleanse your skin at night. Um, Moisturiser day and night, um, sunscreen in the the morning, and if you can, definitely try and um, top up throughout the day. You're supposed to reapply every two hours, but I know not a lot lot of people do. (laughs) Um, and exfoliation just to remove dead skin and prevent breakouts. So 
those are sort of like the basics. I mean, there are just so many brands. There are so many products out there. Um, it's not going to be a one size fits all for everyone, but as a, well, baseline sort of play on words, that's sort of, um, the, the key, like fundamental parts of a skincare Mm. routine. Um, so yeah, baseline, our skincare pack has a cleanser, an exfoliant and a moisturizer. Um, we would have absolutely loved to have put an SPF in there, but, um, Australian SPF regulations are incredibly strict and um which is a good thing like you do want that because um it's no no joke but um very strict very um hard to formulate a sunscreen very expensive process so as a startup for us um we sort of thought you know what there are some really amazing sunscreens out there that we can just recommend people use Mm. um as well as our baseline kit. So, yeah. yeah the sunscreen thing is really interesting for me because, like, mm. as a young guy who's grown up right next to the beach, like, to me, sunscreen and the beach are linked. It's if I'm going out in the sun mm. for a long period of time, that's when I need sunscreen. Yeah. And I'm not someone who's worn sunscreen every day of my life. Yeah. The moisturizer that I had before I started using other half products has SPF in it, mm-hmm. but you did an awesome video on TikTok which debunked why um, that's not necessarily the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. But let's let's jump into the sunscreen thing. Like, why is it important to wear sunscreen every day? Oh, I mean, particularly in Australia, um, the UV here is so strong. The UV index. Um, it's sort of been evident. I mean, in in a lot of studies, it's um, been proven that this like sun damage is one of the biggest leading causes of um the signs of aging so age spots wrinkles fine lines all of that sort of thing um not to mention skin cancer skin cancer skin cancer of course um there are so many reasons why you should wear sunscreen i mean I, I think it's just something that, yeah, as you said, a lot of people just associate it as like, oh, I'm going to the beach, so I'll put sunscreen on or mm. whatever it is. But, um, I mean, there are some incredible photos of, um, I don't know if you've ever seen them, but there's these photos circulating online. Um, there's one, for instance, and it's a truck driver who he obviously has the sun coming in on one side of his face all day, every day. Um, and the other side's in the shade and his face is so visibly aged on the side that the sun comes in all the time versus the side that's like protected by the truck. Um, it's, it's pretty scary actually. Mm. Um, and I think like, yeah, if, if, if you're, if you're concerned about your skin and and you want to take care of it, of course, like cancer and melanoma and all of those things are the most important in terms of safety and and looking after your health but if you're wanting to look after your appearance then it's the number one thing you should do i mean if you're if you're using all these other expensive serums and anti-aging products and that sort of thing but you're not wearing sunscreen you're just wasting your money Mm. i think that the number one thing for me is perspective Mm -hmm. it's really hard to comprehend the effects of aging at such a young age so you don't think about it now because it's not something that you can see or comprehend right now Mm. and so I think it's like in sitting down and having these conversations and especially the work you guys are doing with education and pushing that out there I think it's in doing that sort of stuff that people can start to have the perspective that I need to do this now so I don't look back in the future wishing I did 
Yeah, hundred percent. It's preventative. Mm. Yeah, definitely. For sure. Yeah, I think I think there would still be, I guess, particularly with the those who aren't as educated um, as much, they would view skincare products as probably more of a quick fix. Um, and look, there are products that are targeted towards certain acne issues or um, yeah, certain issues within one's skin. But as Tan said, skincare is preventative. Um, and I think there's something pretty magical about taking part in a practice, a daily practice, um, you know, for your future, for your future self mm-hmm. as well. Um, I think that once that hits home with people and whether it is they do need to see a photo of a truck driver where mm-hmm. um, half their face is clearly so much more aged than the other half or whatever it is, you know what I mean, um, through our education. Um, yeah, for example, you know, it's super important to understand that it is a preventative situation and um, you're, I guess, investing in something for your future self. Yeah, yeah I think, like, off the back of that, like, it is an investment. I, I think, like, if you think about if you use skincare for one day or one week, you're not going to have this, like, incredible skin for the rest of your life. It's like if I were to put $1,000 in the stock market, I'm not going to make a million dollars the next week. It's it's an investment. Like, you have to continually look after it and um, and sort of see the results in the long run. For sure. Yeah. I think of it like the gym. You're not going to go yeah. to the gym exactly. every day for a whole 100%. year, get yeah. massive, and then never go to the gym again and yeah. think you're going to keep that size. Yeah. I find it incredible that people don't think about this stuff. Like, you only mm. get one body. Yeah. You only get one face. Yeah. And it's when we're young, it's we look good. We look the best when we're young. <laughs> but then you look at, like, I just watched um, Top Gun the other day with Tom Cruise, and I saw a video <laughs> on Tom Cruise the other day at whatever age he is, and yeah. he looks incredible. Yeah. And I'm like, that's, I want to look that. like that at yeah. that age. So, but that it takes the work now yeah. to be able to be at that point and consistent yeah. work. I think there's a little bit of Botox there with yeah, Tom, sure. too. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's another half user. Yeah, he, he yeah. uses Tom. a lot. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> I mean, the improvement I've seen is incredible. <laughs> um, but in the, the TikTok video I mentioned before, the breakdown that you guys went into with sunscreen versus moisturizer was mm. like you think about it and it's super obvious after you'd explained it. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, that's logical but it's not something that I'd thought of before where moisturizer is meant to penetrate and I'll let you guys explain it better than I would but moisturizer is meant to penetrate where sunscreen is meant to be like a protective barrier yeah I mean you've nailed it right Um, yeah a lot of and you can back me up here Tan and um, but a lot of SPF moisturizers that are available on the market might only be an SPF 15 um, which you know, if you're only putting that on in the morning and think about how much that SPF is diluted within the moisturiser, um, it's pretty much just not going to cut it, right? Yeah, it's it's really interesting, like the guidelines with using sunscreen, um, and I think Tim explained this in the TikTok as well, but yeah, the guidelines with using SPF, if you're using, regardless whether it's an SPF 15, 30 or 50, to get that full coverage, you need at least a teaspoon of product for your entire face Um, and then again another teaspoon for each limb, right? So you can imagine if you're putting on your moisturiser with an SPF 15 in it, you're probably not going to be putting on a teaspoon amount Mm. of that, right? Um, And then as well as that, I mean, an SPF 15, it's just not near as protective as an SPF 30 or 50. So the, the more you can get, the better. And, and we're really lucky, as I said before, Australia has really strict guidelines on sunscreen and, and sun safety. So 
um, when you are getting an SPF 50 product in Australia, you're getting the creme, the creme de la creme. It's the best of the best. Um, comparatively, if you were to buy a European SPF 50, it's generally like only like an SPF 15 like right. in Australia. That's dodgy. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I mean, we have, as we were saying, with the ozone and that sort of thing, we do have a really harsh sort of UV mm. um, spectrum here. So, I mean, uh, yeah, we're just really exposed. But, um, yeah, there are a lot of other countries that have very, very low and, and really outdated standards because there's just so many studies that show, like, SPF and, the like, you know, how good it is and mm. and the damage that's on raised. I feel like know. I should know, but what is SPF, like, what's the difference between SPF 15, 30, 50? What does SPF actually it, mean? It's so, <laughs> it's, it's sun protection factor. So it's like the um, 15, 30 and 50 is sort of, it'll base, it's based off the amount, like the percentage of sun rays, like the UV rays that gets blocked. Right. Yeah. So SPF 50 is like 50% of sun rays get bounced. Not 50%, no. It's um, it's like, it's really technical. It goes like you break it down and it's kind of a little bit more in detail. But um, I think from the top of my head, SPF 50 is like 98% protection. That makes more sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I was like, oh, if it was only 50, it'd be bad. <laughs> yeah, okay. um, and then it goes down from right. there. So um, it's, I mean, as I said, SPF 15 is better than no SPF at all. But if you can go higher, the higher, the better. Mm. Yeah. So like, so me sitting here right now, listening to this stuff and learning about this stuff is mm-hmm. like super interesting. Mm-hmm. I know 100% there are other guys listening to this and probably girls as well listening to this podcast thinking the same thing, yeah. learning something new about skincare. And it's not like it's definitely not something taught at school. It's no. definitely not something that would be on social media feeds unless you're already interested in it and mm. have showed interest in it. So it's how do, how do we go about getting people into this stuff, into learning about this stuff? I think we, we talk about that daily from a marketing perspective, right? Because that's really what it is at the end of the day. Um, we know, and before we got into the journey of starting this brand, we knew that we needed to look at this from not just skincare, but from a self-care sp- perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, what really we're out here preaching and, and trying to get people to understand and, and people are loving it and getting on board as well is that well-rounded self-care is so important. Um but, you know, as, as I was saying, from a marketing perspective, how can we entertain people to bring them in um, for us to be able to then educate? And we're very conscious about not forcing too much education um, people's way because I think too much, you know, people go to school, people go to work, people go to universities we've been talking about and always learning, always learning, always learning. So as you said, unless they want to, want to actively learn about these things, um, then, you know, they're not going to be paying attention. So you need to be a bit more creative about it um, in terms of how you are entertaining and whatnot. And look, we're, we're still at the early days of our business, mm-hmm. um, essentially. So um, we haven't been able to hit the mark on that yet. It's not to say it's, it's not going to happen in the future. Um, we have plenty of stuff that we want to do. But um, I think lay the foundations, bring people in in different ways, um, in different ways that you can and 
um, whether they pick up one thing regarding SPF or whether they pick up the importance of using a moisturiser um, every day and night, you know, our, our job's done at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's what, I guess, really drives our, our strategy side of things. Yeah, I think to add to that, um, you know, like it, it's kind of the same, I guess, as you were saying, like with the analogy of the um, the gym, like you're not going to go to the gym and get really muscly and then stop going. Um, it's kind of the same in that, like, if you're not actively seeking to learn about nutrition and, and, you know, like macros and all of those sorts of things, um, you're probably just not going to be exposed to it and you'll never really know. Mm. Um, and you probably think that having macros every other day is whatever, like it's, you know, so, um, it's kind of one of those things where like, if you are interested in the space, um, find a really like genuine and honest person online who you can educate, like be educated from, um, but if you are having like, if you're having skin issues, it's really important that you do see a professional because any advice that we do give on our socials is it's very basic education and it's it's for the masses. But if you've got a skin condition or if you've got severe acne or something like that, it is really important that you see a dermatologist or an esthetician or someone who can sort of tailor your your program and, and your self-care mm. to you and your, um, like, you know, what you want to overcome with your skin. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I think another part of skincare that was discouraging for me early days, especially when it came to the acne side of things, was I tried quite a few different things and nothing seemed to work. Mm. And I think, like, looking back on that, I think it was actually me just not giving it enough time and consistency to see it working. Mm-hmm. But I feel like with... The, the way you've set up that package, especially with the, the baseline, it's very much um, you you understand it's a routine. And that's what I find has been important for me to actually be consistent. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm using the cleanser day and night. Mm-hmm. And that is building the consistency because I don't want to go to bed anymore without cleansing my face. Whereas before that, it was like I'd use the acne cream that I have if I had a breakout. Yeah. And that's the only time I would use it. Yeah. So that's why... I. I guess the point I'm trying to make is I think it's really important to actually invest in in a, a routine rather than one single product. Sure. And that's when you start to build that consistency over time. Yeah, 100%. It's never going to be a quick fix. I mean, you can get spot creams and that sort of thing if you have one pimple. Um, but, you know, it's it's never going to be that, that like, sort of overnight results. Um, and, I, I, I mean, as well as that, yeah, it is. It's a struggle. Like, as you said, like you, you know, you don't know what to do. You don't get results straight away. And you kind of, I mean, yeah, it, it's really, um, I guess it, you just take a big hit. It takes a big hit to your, um, self-esteem and your, like how you feel about yourself while you've got a big breakout and that sort of thing. And I mean, as I said, I've been in this space for so long and without going into too much detail, I still get a lot of breakouts that are hormonal based And I get so discouraged because I'm like, you know, like I've been in this space for so long. I know a lot about the industry. I look after my skin really well and I'm still getting all of these breakouts. So it's so normal to get those feelings when you do. And and particularly if you're not understanding what's going on and how you can sort of minimise the breakouts, then, um, yeah, I can understand understand how it would be really Mm. stressful with that. We've we've spoken to a number of guys, right? Yeah. that you know will admit they're they're in the gym space so 
obviously they're shifting their diet and changing their diet up so much that let's say they go from a cutting phase to a bulking phase mm-hmm. and that's showing in their skin directly. And they're like, why is, why is this occurring? And they're like, you know, let's, let's observe your diet. What have you changed? Mm-hmm. Um, and most of the time that's, that's going to be the exact reason as to why um, those breakouts are, are occurring. For sure. It yeah. is quite interesting how much of an impact um, nutrition and exercise mm-hmm. as well has on the visib- like your visible body. Yeah. Um, this is – I was talking with my girlfriend the other day about it. Like when I'm – actually, I think the best, the best example is when I have a big weekend – and I drink a lot. I swear there's like, there's a little lag, maybe like three or four days, mm-hmm. but I'll have a breakout yep. following that. Yep. Yeah, for same. Sure. I'm there's, the same. <laughs> there's actually a video on our TikTok where um, I think I start off the video this way and then I face the camera and I've got a wamper. Like just, just sitting <laughs> on my forehead. Massive <laughs> I was like, right, hold on, let's, let's use this. Why is that there? Um, the weekend before we were traveling away and we we had an event at, at the races and yeah. i think i've seen this video yeah <laughs> yeah obviously you know a few few beers were consumed um and yeah i think there's acne face maps right where you can somewhat to an extent um, be able to determine why certain pimples are popping up um, in different areas of your face and ironically my liver was showing up um <laughs> yeah directly on my face so it happens. It definitely does. Mm. Yeah. So what does the future hold for both you guys and, and the brand itself? Oh, wow. Well, near future? Or? Yeah, let's, <laughs> wherever you guys want to take it, what's like, obviously it's taken quite a while to, to get to the point where you're at right now, yeah. having only launched the product itself, like not too long ago after mm. what, two years of development. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so so you know, what's, what's next? Well, for, I mean, our mission is to normalise self-care for men. We want, we want as many men to feel comfortable taking care of themselves. And as you're saying, like, whether that's like fitness, exercise, skincare, all of that, because it does all work in together. Um, and so I guess for us, we're just focusing on building um, our community and pumping out as much education as we can. Um, eventually we're, I mean, it would be amazing if we'd be, you know, stocked in a, in a beauty retailer or, or something like that. But, um, yeah, it's, it's sort of the, the possibilities in the space are really endless. And so, um, I guess for us, it's kind of like, it's easy to dream, but we really just want to make sure we're focused on the now and, and doing what's going to be best for for the community and for the people who are using the brand. Mm. Um, so whether that is providing more education, um, formulating new products that will sort of, you know, help people target other issues. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, Tan hit the nail on the head. I, the most important thing for us is to just develop a community of not only men but, but females as well. You know, they can, they can look to us as being um, not just the skincare brand, but from the perspective of self-care, that, that supportive um, company in this space where guys can turn to um, to, yeah, basically understand why um, they need to invest in some of these things. Um, you know, we've had some great coverage in press and this and that and the other, but at the end of the day, it all falls back to community, right? Um, and we're still small in the, in the grand, grand scheme of things. Um, and, and we understand that, but 
I'm not sure who says it exactly, but you only really need a thousand people to um, follow you and your brand, and um, that's a community that's that's worth keeping right there. And sure. we, we couldn't agree more. Um, so yeah, you know, we we do have business goals in the sense of being able to be stocked in certain places, and mm-hmm. obviously expanding financially as well. Yeah, expanding and financially reading uh, reaching certain goals. But we always joke, you know, we're starting off in what we think is the most difficult country and one of the most difficult niches um <laughs> that's a good if, point yeah mm-hmm. i think um as i was saying earlier i think off camera but australia does typically have that lag time right um with the men's skincare industry and the men's beauty industry you look at america you look at europe you look at japan and they're along they're a lot further along than than what australia is and i think what's an interesting point to make is we don't there are, there are a lot of other brands that are entering the men's skincare space in Australia and we don't look at that, um, you know, negatively whatsoever. Mm-hmm. We think that's fantastic. Um, that means there's other brands and other people out there providing education um, and providing options to men and in turn normalising the space for everyone a lot more. Um, so, yeah, we absolutely love that that side of things and... The space in particular, the men's men's beauty side of things is growing, has been shown to be growing and is continuing to grow as societal norms shift, um, as, you know, perspective on masculinity changes as well, mm. whatever it is, there's, there's a lot of reasons. But, mm. um, yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting times. Sure. That's such a good um, take on competition because I feel like the potential market is massive, but the realised market is still quite small. Correct. So as you have new players, and I think this is something you can take into any industry as you have new players entering that industry as much as you're competing for market share it's also increasing the market size mm-hmm. so like realistically in a way they're offsetting each other yeah Correct. like i know this quote is so overused but um a rising tide lifts all boats right so if you're providing education to your community and there's other brands who are doing the same thing everyone is going to benefit from it ultimately because people are going to be more invested in the space. Um, everyone's going to be a little bit more aware of it. And, yeah, I think that's sort of the, the, the take we have on competitors in the industry. For sure. I think that's like a really nice way to put it for anyone considering going into business as well, which is an awesome segue for us jumping into the business side of things and the entrepreneurial side of things before we wrap up. I think you guys are the perfect people to ask about getting into business and, and starting that, that path because it's really daunting as a young person thinking about taking on a new business in a space that already exists, which like realistically is most businesses that we'd be thinking about. So what, I guess, what advice would you have for someone considering that entrepreneurial route? Um, me personally, I'd say put yourself in situations where you're forced to learn and learn quickly. Um, so look, whether that is a job in the workforce that you don't see yourself in within three or four years' time. Um, I know myself personally with my marketing background, I was forced into situations and you know people leaving the department and everything forced into roles and responsibilities that I'd had no intention of taking up. Um, but I think looking back, um, the skills that that has taught me is um, I'm still still holding on to um, at this day. Um, secondly, find a mentor um, or find someone that you can talk to or actively ask questions of. Um, 
that's having that supportive system there and it might be a family member you know what i mean um but having that support there for you in in times where you feel as though you need it because there will be times where you do um is is super crucial um I'm not going to sit here and say we don't have imposter syndrome going into an industry where there's many, many big players and it is a very large industry. We're human at the end of the day. Um, We do have self-doubt and I think you just need to learn to be able to channel that self-doubt into the way you're putting yourself out there and the way that the brand is being perceived um, by the mm, consumer. For sure. I think there's also something beautiful in that though, that like being a small player where there are lots of big players because you have, you can almost be dynamic in a sense where you mm. can you can change with the trends mm. whereas with the big players, like it can take a long time to catch up with that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, of so it is, it's an exciting spot as well. Mm. Let's jump into 10 under 10. Um, I'm going to do it a little differently because there's two of you. So I was like, okay, how can I do this 10 under 10? Usually it would take 10 minutes, so then it would be 10 under 20. So (laughs) what I've got is it's like 10 rapid fire questions and it's almost like a this or that style. And basically you're going to answer at the exact same time. And I think this is going to be really interesting because it's either going to be the same answer or completely different. Ready? Is it like a... Yes or no, or like it's a... It's like... Um, this, so it's like this or that. Yeah, it's yeah. this or okay. that with okay. like... It's like trivial stuff. Yeah, okay. Except for the first one. Um, the first step of the skincare routine. Cleanse. Cleanser, yeah. Cool, good answer. <laughs> that's the, that's the one I was hoping yeah. you'd be the same one. <laughs> Otherwise we've got problems. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, go-to movie snack. Chocolate. Maltesers. Maltesers. I was going to say Maltesers, but I was like, oh, I'll just categorize it. Chocolate. Yeah. Nice. Coast or city? Coast. Coast. Yeah. Dream country to visit. Ooh. You guys, so right, right now. Yeah. At right the now for me. It's Japan. Denmark. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. Mm. Scandinavia, we really want to do next. And cool. Japan. Yeah. Sick. Mm-hmm. Um, Nike or Nike? Nike. Nike. That's a Nike. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, favorite book? Oh, gosh. Um, Atomic Habits. Mine would be, and this might expose my um, <laughs> uh, interest here. Mine would probably be Ready Player One. Hmm. would be the best book I've ever read. Movie, not so much. I didn't really like the movie that much, but... Um, one of those books where you read it and before you watch the movie and your imagination is just kind of going crazy in terms of what it is. And it's really cool to see that that's pretty much how the world is turning out right now. Well, so I yeah. haven't read or seen it, but I've heard about it a lot lately. Mm-hmm. So I should probably at least watch the movie, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Read the book. Okay, I'll read the book. <laughs> um, this one is probably going to be different for both of you. So you can take it in turns if you want. Biggest fear? Oh, God. Failing, like failure is always my biggest fear. Um, And that comes down to imposter syndrome again, as Tim was just saying. But, um, yeah, you know, you got to, you just got to push on. (laughs) But, yeah, yeah, failure. I think whilst failure is scary, I just don't want to get to the stage um, where I look back and realise that I didn't take risk when I know that I should have. And I don't think there's any right time to take risks. Some people would argue that would be when you're younger um, and you don't have many, I guess, constraints tied to you, so to speak. But, um, yeah, not taking risk. 
Yeah, I like both those answers. That's I'm very similar on both <laughs> aspects of that. Yeah. Um, early risers or night owls? Uh, early riser. Early riser. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Meetings in person or on Zoom? I think in person. Yeah, I'd agree. Yes, bring it <laughs> back. Yeah. 100%. If, yeah. Whenever I have a chance to do a meeting in person, I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. I'm so sick of Zoom meetings. Honestly, I didn't really have too many Zoom meetings in really? that whole period. Yeah. Oh, I had one every day. I just, mm, yeah, I wasn't day. really yeah. in that in that realm too yeah. much. I think um, I got unlucky lot. because I was doing uni. Yeah. yeah. So every class, every tutorial, lecture I was You're Zoom. lucky though. Sorry, I know this is 10 under 10. Go for it. Just a little tangent here. You're kind of lucky though, because when I, I mean, probably the same as you, Tim, when, when I was going through university, if you didn't show up to the lecture, you missed it. Like, like you mm. weren't there. So it's like, yeah, no, nah, you yeah. can't do uni, it. <laughs> like uni is so ridiculously easy. Yeah. I don't go to any classes. I study the week before the exam and then I do the online exam with my notes next to me. Here we go. The truth comes out. Yeah. <laughs> it's exposing yourself. But like it is, it's what yeah. it's become and it's really sad mm-hmm. um, kind of. But it like, I feel like there's also, maybe it's just in my circle, there's also a massive shift in the the value exchange that uni offers. It's like we pay a lot of money yeah. for something that we could learn for free online anyway. Mm. It's just the piece of paper, the recognition mm-hmm. from the generations above us that mm-hmm. hire us yeah. that's still important. That's a very interesting But take. I think as well, like the, particularly if everyone's doing it digitally, like you're missing out on a massive networking opportunity. Like I know networking can be really wanky, but like, so um, it's so mm. important. Like you, you get to know people in certain industries and then you can always like contact them 10 years later or whatever it is. So it's sad that you don't have that sort of element if everyone's doing it online. Yeah. 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 The, yeah. Pros and cons. Yeah. <laughs> Pros and cons for sure. Easier, but, uh, you're getting less out of it. <laughs> yeah. I was actually speaking to a guy back at the school that I went to coaching basketball, um, some youngies, but I was speaking to a guy who's in university right now, going to the same university that I'm that we went to, sorry. Mm. Um, and he's saying, yeah, like on every assignment, you can just lodge an extra five days without question. Just lodge what? an extra five days on it. So they say, your assignment's due um, in six days. He's sitting there thinking, cool, my assignment's due in 11 days. <laughs> like, Wait, why is that? No why do they get another five? I'm... Just yep, an extension. No, no questions asked. You still have to extension. bring in a medical certificate when we I'm did. not sure, mate. <laughs> I, I think... Well, now it's like COVID diagnosis. Yeah, well, I, I think probably. it might have stemmed from that. Maybe yeah. um, whether that's the university taking more of a stance on the men- mental well-being side of things, mm. I'm not too sure. But I can mm. tell you one thing, and that's the students are bloody loving it. Yeah. 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 I can second that. Yep. <laughs> um, question 10. A person, place, or theory that inspires you? Ah. <sighs> Person, place, or theory? Oh, that's a toughie. Person, for me, would probably be um, Ronnie Feig. He's the founder of Kith. It's a retail store in the US. Haven't heard of either of them. He is so incredibly innovative and um, it just comes out with the most cool but like unsuspecting collaborations yeah it's really cool Mm. yeah but he'd probably be my person might have to share a joint one on that where yeah yeah yeah, we share a joint on that 
Share a joint answer. <laughs> so I understood what you meant, but I yeah, thought yeah, the same yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. I think we're both pretty pretty motivated by him and what he's doing, just from we're business sense. Um, and yeah, the collaborations that that brand does are mm. absolutely out of this world. Mm. Um, of course, very motivated motivated by yourself and my family as mm. well. Um, yeah. That, that goes without saying, though. But, um, yeah, we both have fantastic support networks around us and mm. we're super grateful. Awesome. Yeah. I think that's a really good place to wrap it up. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me, TNT. No worries. Um, <laughs> where is the best place for everyone listening to, to find you and find Other Half? Yeah, so um, Other Half, we should probably preface that it's other without the E. Um, so we're on Instagram, TikTok. Our website's otherhalf.com. Um, yeah, that's the best places. That's it. Yeah. Beautiful. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> Thanks Thank for you. Us, Thanks for having I us. Enjoyed it. Sweet as, another story shared and another lesson learned. If you've made it this far, I'd be stoked if you could take a minute to give the show a rating and review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't already. With your support, we can both empower more young people to chase their dreams. If you have any questions about today's episode, make sure to jump on Instagram and send me a DM at Uncle Nathan Co. Or head to the website at UncleNathan.com to join our community. All right, enough from me. Thank you so much for your support and I'll catch you next time.